welcome to the All Things Overlanding podcast. My name is Fletch, and I'll be your host. Are you ready for some great overlanding content? Then let's get into it. Hey there, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. On today's episode of the podcast slash vlog, I'm going to be talking about Sort of a topic that I feel like is a hot button topic. It actually came from a uh, like a poll on my Patreon page, and some of the Patreon subscribers followers were like, "This would be a topic that we would all like to hear about." So, you know, if you're not already on Patreon, there's a link in the description below. I'd love to have you come over there. I'm kind of trying to view that as like a personalized sort of chat where we can kind of interact, and I can throw ideas by you guys and early release videos and things like that. So, if you're into any of that sort of stuff, you're welcome to come on over and hang out. I'd love to have you. Um, but again, this idea came from that, so that was super cool and organic. So, I'm really happy about that. So, but the topic of this week's video slash podcast is gonna be like absolute basics, like bare bone basics of how to get into overlanding for cheap, right? Like there are so many, I feel like there's so much pressure and stuff out there. If you look anywhere on any of these big Facebook groups or, you know, like an Overland Bound or an Expedition Portal or, you know, if you watch the Expedition Overland videos, they're all amazing, right? But they also give you this idea that like in order to be a real overlander or, or in order to get into overlanding, you have to spend tens of thousands of dollars on gear and buy a brand new Forerunner or something like that, right? So um, on this episode, I'm going to talk to you about like real world. And I'm probably going to get some hate for this too, because I feel like there are a lot of kind of elitists out there that are, you know, very much just like looking to just take poops on everybody that doesn't have a super expensive rig or rooftop tent or whatever. That's kind of what this video is going to be about, right? How to get in for the cheapest, most basic way possible. How can you, you know, particularly for those like weekend warriors like myself that are like, it's Friday afternoon, I'm off work a little bit early, and I want to go for a couple days and explore a national forest nearby. That's what I'm going to be talking about. How do you do that for cheap, as cheap as possible, just to get started, to learn, and then make good decisions down the road if you're more into it, so that you can kind of grow your knowledge and depth of expertise. So with that being said, let's get into the video slash podcast. All Things Overlanding is brought to you by Red Arc Power Management Solutions. Rugged Bound Supply Company, Rooftop Tents, Awnings, Roof Racks, and more. Overland Addict, Premium Overland Gear. Last U.S. Bag, Overlanding Bags and Equipment. Northology Overland, Trips and a Monthly Overlanding Magazine. All of these companies are really amazing, so I highly recommend you click through the links in the description below to learn more about each of them. All right, so like I normally do these podcasts and videos, um, I'm going to try and break it up into sort of a few bigger chunks, so like a few different topics. Um, just kind of give you a rundown of what those are going to be, and I'll put chapters in this thing too so you can skip around if you know if you kind of want to know more about one thing than another. Um, the Kind of the three big parts that I'm going to talk on are camping gear, because obviously you're going to have to have something, right? If you're going to be going overlanding slash camping, you're going to need some camping gear. So that's topic number one. Um, a vehicle. You need It's vehicle-reliant travel, right? So whether it's a Prius or a, a decked-out Toyota Tundra, like it, it doesn't really matter. I'll talk more about that in detail. You know, what kind of options you have, what kind of decisions you need to make. Um, but more importantly and more focused, because I've kind of talked about that stuff before, I'm more going to talk about how to make the most of the vehicle that you've got and then at some point how to upgrade, right? Um, and then third and last, your desire for knowledge. Um, this is one that I don't feel like a lot of people talk about. A lot of people talk about camping gear. They talk about vehicles. Those are kind of like the two big ones. I feel like I have to touch on those. Um, but then like the desire to learn and like really learn how to use your gear and stuff like that is also extremely important. And it took me a couple years to realize that. Um, but so I'll go into that in more detail here towards the end too. Hear that? 
Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, so let's start with topic number one, camping gear, right? Um, again, I am talking about, so if you are already a, a big time overlander, you already have all this gear, you probably already know this stuff. Um, or you have nicer stuff than what I'm going to talk about. But the people that I'm addressing with this right here are someone that has never been before or someone that has been a couple times and maybe had some bad experiences or, you know, someone that uh, that is really interested in it and maybe has done some camping before but just feels daunting, like a little bit intimidated by the term overlanding, right? Um, again, regarding your camping gear, there are a lot of elitists out there. There are a ton of people that are going to say you have to have a rooftop tent. You have to have this. You need a trailer. You need a teardrop. You need you know, a scottle, you need all this stuff, right? I have a rooftop tent. I love my rooftop tent. I don't have to have my rooftop tent. Before I had my rooftop tent, I was a hammock camper. Before that, I was a tent camper. Then I did hammock. Then I went back to tent and I used a cot. And I just, I've gone through all these iterations and I've, I've tried all the different ways to possibly, you know, create shelter in the wilderness. And I ended up on a rooftop tent because I go a lot and I want to be able to deploy it for, fast, right? When I get to camp, I want to be able to pop a couple latches and pop it up. But it's really expensive. It's, it's cost prohibitive for a lot of people. Um, it took me a long time to get to the point where I felt like it was a good investment for the overlanding and the amount of overlanding that I do. But you don't have to do that. Um, I'll give you a good example. So recently, I was going to take the family camping. There's not enough room. I've got two boys and a wife, and we took our dog with us. So there were five of us counting the dog. Um, my rooftop tent is about seven feet long by about four feet across. So we can maybe get two, maybe the wife and I and us, the smallest kid up there, or the wife and I and the dog up there. But so we needed another tent for the kids. And we used to have tents that kind of got ruined. You know, that's part of the reason why I ended up switching away was I, I ended up getting in a rainstorm and just trashed this last tent that I had. And I was like, do I buy another, like, do I buy like a gazelle for like 400 bucks or do I spend a little more and get a rooftop tent? That's when I made that decision. Um, but, you know, we went to Walmart for this trip. And we bought, it was an $85 tent, and I can, I'll put a link in the description below to it. Um, but it's a really nice tent. It has a built-in light in it. It has, like, holes for electrical cords to go through if you're going to, like, a state, you know, campground or something with, with power. Um, it's really super easy to set up. It's a pretty good-sized tent, but it's not huge, huge. Like, you could definitely take it in the trunk of almost any car. Um, but it worked great. It was perfect for the kids. It had the, the rain flies detachable, so you could just have an open sky at the top if it's not going to rain and, and sort of enjoy the, the weather. But that even was 85. There are other tents, and I'll post a link to the one that I used to have that was my favorite, that are about 50, 60 bucks, like the Coleman Instant Pop-Up Tent that's Literally like those, if you've used those sort of like laundry hampers that are collapsible and you like, they're like a big spring with fabric around them. It's like that. Like you basically pull it out of the thing, let go of it, and it just opens up and you set it on the ground, you know, stake it down and you're ready to go. Next day when you're ready to pack up, you take all the stuff out of it, you fold it down, you put it back in the bag and you're done. It's so easy. There's no poles to put together. Piece of cake. Um, but like that $50, $60 tent would be, you know, a great option for overlanders. It's a little big for backpackers. But again, I'll put a link in the description to what I'm talking about. But something like that is like, you could totally get away with that. Or another option is go with the backpacker style, right? If you really just want to keep your footprint low, you could probably get away with about a backpack full of gear um, to take with you, like a small tarp and a hammock. 
preferably one with a bug net would be ideal. Um, there are even, and I will put a link to this in the description too, I've got this in my Amazon list right now and I'm really tempted to buy one for the next time I'm going to go hammock camping. Um, there's one that has sort of like a frame, so it keeps it open so it doesn't collapse in on you like most hammocks. It has a built-in bug net and a built-in rain fly, and it's about 100 bucks. So it's a little bit pricey, but it gets you all the things all in one package. You could pack that one thing up, and then that's basically your whole sleeping kit. Um, so, But anything like that, right? And, and these are just suggestions and ideas. So again, I'll put links in the description to these things if it helps you. But if you've got a tent laying around, if you have gone camping in the past when you were younger or something, and you, you, know, you still have that kid's tent, there's nothing that says that you cannot use that thing. I mean, honestly, when I go overlanding slash camping... I spend most of the time setting my stuff up, right? And then setting my chairs up and then cooking dinner and then sitting around a fire and drinking some beer and reading a book or, you know, watching some little shows on my phone or playing little games or something, you know, playing airsoft with the kids, that kind of stuff. So you're not going to spend a ton of time in there, but you want to be safe and you want to be comfortable, right? Um, but it doesn't take much. Use what you've got whenever possible. If not, you know, go with something cheap to start. There's no per- There's no point in... Unless you absolutely know, if you have a lot of experience camping and you kind of know what you want, and maybe, let's say, for example, maybe you've been a backpacker in the past, and you have like a really expensive, really nice, but it's a small, like a single person, sort of like a swag tent or something like that. Um, you may want something bigger, right? Now that you're, you're vehicle reliant and you're not having to haul it all on your back, um, then you could go with something bigger. So if you know that much and you just know that you're going to take your family every time and you know that you want a really nice high quality tent, sure, spend the extra money on the Gazelle. Again, though, this is intended for folks that are like, I don't really know what overlanding is. I'm kind of starting to learn about it. Maybe you just found my channel because you searched up overlanding. Um, this will give you like the bare bones basics. And again, the best advice I can give you, and I will probably give it to you several times throughout this video slash podcast, is just go. Just go out with what you've got or go out with some cheap stuff that you buy to try it out. If you buy a cheap tent, it lasts for a year and you go five or six times, you will very quickly learn, okay, I know what I want. I need more room. I need more height. I need, I like the LED lights. I want a charger for my phone. Like you'll figure out exactly kind of like where your limitations are, but don't feel like you have to waste tens of thousands of dollars or even hundreds of dollars buying a bunch of really expensive gear before you even go out. Go out first, take what you got or take a cheap option with you and just learn from there. So that's gear. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the next part of this podcast slash vlog, vehicle. And there are a ton of different people that talk about these. I've talked about this in the past too. Again, there's a lot of elitism that runs through this as well. There are a lot of people that say, you know, you got to have a ton of clearance. You got to have four-wheel drive. You need lockers. You need uh, an upgraded suspension. You need bigger tires, you know, MTs, ATs, mud terrain or all-terrain tires, all that stuff. Here's the thing. The honest truth of it is you don't hardly need any of that at all. If you want to go to really sort of 
more challenging terrain. If you want to do a bunch of like crazy off camera stuff, like I'll put a tag up here. If you, if you haven't watched my Land Between the Lakes video, check that out. Because there's some stuff in there that you could not get through in a Prius, right? You couldn't get through it in a lot of cars. My Xterra struggled with it. And it's not the most capable off-road SUV, but it is lifted a little bit. It's got bigger tires on it. It's got skid plates. Um, but even so, it still was pretty challenging for the Xterra. Um, so there are things that you would need those for. However, most overlanding doesn't require it. Or if you're smart about your trail selection, if you're smart enough to be cautious and you come up to an obstacle and you're, you're curious about it or you're not sure that you can get through it, a lot of people will just try to do it. That's not the right solution in overlanding. This is not rock crawling or off-roading. You're not trying to prove anything to anybody. You're trying to be safe and you're trying to explore and get to a destination so that you can camp for the night, right? The exploring is part of the fun, but it's not fun if you get stuck and cannot get out and you're by yourself and you have to sit there all day or two days or whatever. Um, so, you know, with the vehicle, use, again, we go back to use what you've got, right? And again, I say this all the time and it's kind of a joke, but it's kind of not. Like, if you have a Prius, you can do it. A Nissan Sentra, you can do it. I go out to Hoosier National Forest all the time. I know you guys have heard me say that a million times. Um, but it is mostly gravel roads here in Indiana. That's pretty much all we've got. There's no sort of challenging, like, water crossings. There's no anything challenging in there. And many times I have been passed by a Chevy Cobalt or a, you know, two-wheel drive, low little Ford Ranger. Right? Like, that stuff happens all the time. And they do just fine. There may be a couple spots in Hoosier National Forest that have some rutted two tracks to go into them that they couldn't get into. But for the most part, you could go camping. And again, rather than going out and trying to spend a bunch of money, going out and buying a whole new vehicle, right? Because you're dedicated to this thing and you really want to get into overlanding. I encourage you to wait and learn what your limitations are. Learn what you like to do. You may come to water crossings and stuff and you may hear horror stories from people that are like, yeah, my uh, axle seals failed and it cost me a thousand bucks to take it to the shop and they had to replace all my seals and my diff got ruined and all this stuff happened. And you may not want to do that. That may not be in your wheelhouse, right? Not everybody wants to go climb over Moab. And again, a lot of this is going to kind of come down to your location, where you live. If you live out west, there's a lot more challenging stuff. I still think that it, it's very possible for you to hit some gravel forest service roads and go and explore and find some cool campsites. There's nothing that says you can't do that. Um, but so location is part of it, and then also your desire and what you want to do, right? I personally came from like an off-roading background. Like I had a 2000 Jeep Cherokee XJ that I literally bought as sort of like a winter vehicle slash off-roading truck. And I used to take it to off-road parks with buddies and I lifted it and put some bigger tires on it and stuff. And my whole intention with that was to go to off-road parks and just like climb rock walls and, and do challenging obstacles. But with overlanding, it's totally different, right? Like I bought the Nissan Xterra because I'm a Nissan person. They're reliable. I, you know, I trust the vehicle to start every time and get me home, which is a big part of overlanding, right? You've got to be able to get to your destination and get home reliably. Um, but it's kind of overkill for 90% of the stuff I do, you know? And I mean, I even, I created a YouTube channel. I go quite a bit, right? Like this is how much I like overlanding. And I'm still going to say to you that I could probably like take my wife's Honda Pilot and do 85 to 90% of the stuff that I do. Maybe like one or two trips a year are things that are too crazy and too challenging to do in like a stock SUV. That's the honest truth. I, you know, I, again, I, I may get some hate for this and there are probably some like hardcore guys and girls out there that are like, no, you need all the, you know, high, uh, good departure angles and approach angles and, you know, tons of clearance and armor and everything everywhere. You don't, you really don't. 
Again, it depends on what you want to do, right? If you want to be Expedition Overland and go on a road that has been closed for 100 years through the British Columbia, yes, you're going to need a more capable vehicle. But again, for 99% of the stuff that, that we have in the States that you can do, you could do it in just about anything. And a car is a big purchase, right? So I, I will never advocate for like, stop everything you got, sell all your vehicles, go out and buy a brand new you know, Toyota 4Runner. Go out and buy a five-year-old Lexus GX460, right? Like I'm not going to advocate for that because you probably don't need it. Unless you just wanted that vehicle anyways. Here's the thing too, though, is as soon as you start to take that thing off-road, you're going to potentially get damaged. You're going to have a ton of trail rash. That's my biggest thing. I have scrapes down the top, the sides, my whole truck. If it wasn't 16 years old, I'd be really mad about it, right? I'd be really kind of disappointed that I had ruined the truck like that. But because it's older, it doesn't matter to me. Um, that's a thing with vehicles too. And this will kind of be my last point on vehicles because I feel like I've been on this for a while now. Um, but age of the vehicle is important too. I've had this conversation with myself multiple times. I'll put a tag up here to another video that I made that is about like I've been mentally trying to run through because my Xterra is 16 years old now. You know, what do I do next? If that thing blows up tomorrow, I need to have an idea of what I want to do next, right? Um, but I've gone back and forth and back and forth with thinking with, about that. And I tell you what, like my Xterra, I own it. I don't have any payments on it. I got a dent in it on my last trip. I bowed out the fenders. I, I cracked my rear quarter panel because we were doing this crazy off-camber stuff. And I was flexing and, and compressing suspension up into the fenders and stuff. And it doesn't hurt my feelings at all, right? It's such an old truck. I'm like, yeah, it's still mechanically sound. Drove like a champ. Drove home fine. No problems. AC ran cold the whole week. It was 90 degrees, 90% humidity. Um, and so, like, in that case, buying an older vehicle that's cheaper may make more sense. Now, if you want to compete with the big boys and you want to have that fancy new truck, or if you're not at all mechanically inclined and you feel safer and more, you know, trusting in a newer vehicle, you can totally do that. So, again, it's going to depend on a lot of factors, right? But to get started, just use what you've got. Or buy an older truck that is a, a make that you are comfortable with. If you're a Chevy person, go get an older Chevy Suburban. Or get a Chevy Colorado or something, right? Like, whatever you're comfortable with and whatever you feel good about is fine. Older is fine. You don't have to spend a million dollars to get into this hobby. It's more about going and exploring and, and getting to see the sights, right? Like, overlanding, the definition of it is... Um, is vehicle-reliant travel where the journey is really the goal, not the destination. So, like, going and seeing cool sites, pulling off at cool, like, overlooks and stuff in Virginia, right? Like, that stuff is kind of what you're what you're in it for. That's the part that's kind of magical and, and sort of life-changing about overlanding. Not so much, you know, I enjoy the, the tricky trails and kind of overcoming those obstacles, but those only last for, like, an hour, right? Maybe a couple hours if it's a really long one. Um, and there is something to be said about that for a, from a fun standpoint too, but you don't have to do all that stuff to get into overlanding. And again, it's a constant learning experience. I've been doing it for like four years now, four and a half years now, and I still feel like I'm just barely knowledgeable enough to where I could like hold my own in a conversation with someone that's been doing it longer or has done international travel, right? Um, but again, it's not a competition, right? I don't really care. If someone else has a ton more experience, that's really cool. And I want to talk to them and hear about their travels and their stories. And I want to learn from them, but I'm not trying to compare. It's not a, you know, what measuring contest, right? Like it's just, we're all having a good time doing what we can. So don't feel like you have to have the biggest vehicle. You have to have the best camping gear or, you know, you have to have the best of everything. If you go out, if you went out 20 times a year, you're probably doing twice as many trips as I am. And I'm jealous of you, right? In your Prius, go do it. Like that's awesome. Um, so that's vehicle.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, so last but not least, the desire to learn. And what I mean by this is, you know, I and I am the biggest culprit of this. So I will just lay it all out there on the line first. I am the person that, you know, bought gear, bought gear, bought gear, bought gear. Before I even bought my truck, I had a lift sitting here. I had tires sitting here. I bought all this stuff for my truck before I even found the right Xterra. I just knew I was going to buy an Xterra, so I started buying parts. And I had a whole backlog sitting here before I bought it. Then I got the truck. I start decking it out. I put the lift on it. I put the tires on it. It looks badass. You know, I'm super excited about it. Um, And I'm buying more gear. I'm buying camping gear. I'm buying new hammocks. I'm buying new tents and cots and axes and knives and just all this stuff, right? And the downfall of that is then you get into a situation where you feel like, man, I got all this stuff, and no matter what, no matter what the situation is, I'll be prepared for it, right? And let me give you a perfect example of when lack of knowledge and over, you know, packing of gear is a bad thing. I bought a chainsaw because I was like, you know what? I see these down trees all the time. Now, I've had to use it like three or four times, so it has come in pretty handy. Um, But the very first time I went out, I was like, you know what? I'm going to use this to cut up this dead down tree, and I'm going to make some firewood and stuff. And, uh, I couldn't start the thing. I, I mean, I never had a chainsaw before this, right? So I just bought this thing on Amazon. It showed up on my house. I put it all together and I threw it in the truck. And I went out there and I didn't have enough cell phone reception to like watch a video to learn how to start it. Because it's a fairly, I mean, it's not a super complex process, but it, you know, you got to pull a choke out and do this and put the gas in. And, you know, there's like, there's steps to it. Um, and I kid you not, I'm sitting out there and I'm like, man, now I'm going to have to use my axe to cut this stuff up by hand. I was so excited to not have to put in any physical labor. I had that redundancy of gear, so it wasn't like a life-threatening situation or anything. But like again, how stupid did I feel, right? Like I went out to go camping and I brought my brand new shiny chainsaw and I was ready to just to have the best time of my life, you know, cutting up this wood and saving myself a ton of effort and time. And I couldn't figure out how to start it because I didn't train myself. I didn't get ready. I didn't learn how to use the gear that I had. Um, so again, that is, that is where I'm going with this desire to learn, like go to expos and go to classes, learn how to use GPS, learn how to use your gear, learn how to do recoveries. I still feel like a total noob when it comes to recoveries. I've used my winch a few times. I've used straps a number of times. You know, when I did off-roading back in the days, I got to do some recoveries. So I have a little bit of experience, but like snatch blocks, I've never used one of those, like doubling up your winch line to get more pulling power. I've never done any of that stuff either. Like I've, I've heard of these things, but if I ever needed to do it, if I needed to do like a snatch block and do like a sideways pull for somebody that's like falling off the side of a trail, it's a crapshoot, right? Like, and when you're out in the middle of the woods, it's not time to be learning that stuff. You need to learn it before you get there. So again, kind of the, the, the moral of this story is learn the gear that you have before you just start buying more gear, right? Learn every piece of gear that you have. Learn how to set up your awning. Learn how to set up your tent. Learn how to use your chainsaw. Learn how to, you know, use these different things. Learn how to do wiring if you're going to do wiring into a truck. I don't hardly know how to do that. I get ridiculed all the time for my messy wiring and stuff. Again, it's it's an elitist thing, right? Like, it's mostly just people making fun because, like, they, I don't know, did a bunch of wiring. They're professional electricians. Who knows? Um, I'm not bitter at all, as you can tell. 
Um, but like it works, right? Like for me, it works. I'm the budget guy. I'm the DIY guy. Yes, I'm sure that I could loom everything and make my wiring super fancy, right? But as long as it's functional, that's what I care about more than anything. Um, but like, but I could learn, right? Like I should learn more. I feel like I'm fairly knowledgeable on electrical stuff. At least I, you know, I, I know what I need to know to wire in lights and stuff like that. But there's a ton more that I could learn. I've never really tackled like you know, like a, a distribution block or anything like that. And, and that's kind of going to be the next thing. I'm actually, I'm going to be installing a Red Arc Manager 30 and a Red Vision. Um, I've got a buddy who actually is an electrician. He's going to help me. So that'll be a great learning experience though, right? Like for me, the, the knowledge and the learning from doing that installation is going to be worth its weight in gold later on when I have to redo something or fix something on the trail, for example. Um, I'll give you another good example. So like my winch, similar to the chainsaw, I bought a winch because I, I like to go by myself a lot. And I was like, I need... A winch, right? Like I need to be able to self-recover. And the first time that I got to a down tree, actually, I cut it in half with an axe because I didn't have a chainsaw then. And I was going to use my winch to winch it out of the way to try and pull it off the road, right? And uh, I had never used a winch before. And I thought I understood it. So what I did was I plugged in the controller and I started to spool it out with the controller, right? Like un I was pulling on it and I was I was using the motor to, to roll it out. And a buddy of mine was with me and he's like, whoa, what are you doing? I was like, I'm spooling out the winch. And he was like, you don't use the motor. You're going to burn up the motor that way. Like you're putting additional wear and tear on your motor, spooling it out. All you have to do is turn the clutch to disengage it. And then you can pull it out by hand, re-engage the clutch, use the motor only when you're pulling, only when you're under pull or under load and you're pulling. And I was like, I, you know, and laugh at me if you want, make fun in the comments if you want, but if you've never had a winch and you've never used one, how would you know that? You know, like you wouldn't know that. I didn't even read the, the instructions. Actually, it didn't come with them because I bought it used, but, um, but I didn't know that, but then I learned it, right? So again, before you go out and buy a $700, $800 winch, before you go out and buy, you know, $800 worth of, you know, kinetic rope and snatch blocks and just all this recovery gear, like... Do your research, learn what you really need, learn what kind of recoveries you may be possibly doing, try and be prepared for as many as possible, um, but learn the, the skills first. That's the most important thing that you can do. Um, so yeah, so those were the three topics for today's podcast slash vlog. Um, again, I hope if you are new to overlanding, I highly encourage you to watch through, you know, a big chunk of the videos that I've got on this channel, like find the ones that you're interested in. I'm not you know, selfishly trying to ask you to go watch all my videos. Watch the ones that are interesting to you. Watch the ones that apply because I have only been doing it for a few years too. So I'm learning every single day. I'm still viewing myself as a noob at this stuff, but I feel like I've learned enough at this point that I could definitely save you some time or save you some money, right? Um, so I definitely encourage you to go through and kind of find videos that make sense for you. Learn about that stuff. Tons of DIY stuff too. Like you can save a ton of money. Get into overlanding really cheap by building a lot of your own stuff. Drawer slides, drawers roof racks like I've built all that stuff myself and again I'm not a I'm not a construction worker I'm not an engineer I'm not an electrician I'm just a guy that my parents actually lease their vehicles they've, they've never done any work on any vehicle so you know over the last 15 20 years I've I've done clutches and brakes and oil changes and all the you know tons of like maintenancey type of stuff um, and I've learned just a tons and tons and tons as I go but it takes time and it takes that desire to want to learn and want to improve in that stuff um, so I hope that was helpful for you. If you've made it this far, thank you. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you watching on YouTube. As I mentioned in the beginning, um, it is sort of a newer thing for me, but I really want to make the Patreon page like a cool, like, 
private sort of hangout where like really engaged people that are into overlanding or learning about overlanding want to come and like carry on conversations and chat want to be involved in like the content creation process so again if that's something you're interested in i would love to have you it's like the cheapest one's like five bucks a month so it's you know, don't feel any pressure to do like the top one or anything like that. Like, I just want you guys to come and hang out. Right. Um, and that little bit of money helps give me more time, right. It helps give me, you know, tell my boss that I need more time to, uh, to like get on there and and chat with you guys and like spend more time giving you guys extra content above and beyond all the stuff that I'm already doing. Right. Um, so definitely check that out. Also in the description below are links to Facebook, Instagram, the podcast, if you're on YouTube, YouTube, if you're on the podcast, um, so check those out as well. There's a link to the store. I've got patches and stickers, tons of stuff, right? All my featured partners are down there too. These companies are amazing. They have the coolest stuff. Red Arc, I mean, Last US Bag, Overland Attic, Northology, um, Rugged Bound, like all these guys have the just the coolest stuff. So definitely check them out as well. Um, again, though, that wraps it up for this episode. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys next week.